are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night war, war, war Room, room. With your host, host C-Dope. It's your boy Caesar Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike G. G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ike Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now we are locked now and loaded for, for the Wednesday night war room. Let's go! War Eagle, Auburn family, War Report family, everyone who's joining us live, welcome to one of the best shows, if not the best show on these internets. Welcome, guys. Join in. Please do us a favor. Smash the like button. Drop a War Eagle in the comments if you're Auburn family. If you're not, just drop your city. We want to hear from everyone out here. And please, please do us a solid because we're dropping content on the regular. Let people know that we're out here by sharing our video. If, you, if you're on Twitter, please share using at the War Report with the hashtag for this week's show. Hashtag TWR War Room and hashtag Get Your Weight Up. They, we will appreciate that a lot as you're letting people know that we're out here dropping great Auburn content in the off season. Big, big War Eagle to everybody in the comment section. Want to highlight a few people, man. Appreciate that, Philip Coleman. War Damn Eagle, y'all make Wednesdays so much better. Actually, you make our Wednesdays so much better because Correct. we look forward to hanging out with you guys. It's always a Thanks. pleasure. Appreciate that War Eagle best show, no doubt. We appreciate that, man. We we it means a lot. Also, shout out. Uh oh, this is moving fast. Shout out to Jonathan Harris. We appreciate oh, that. The one Thank with you. King and Devin were awesome. They need to be yeah, coaching at someone's school. Yeah, we're advocating for that. We're really pushing that. We're really <laughs> pushing that. Uh, Chris Todd as well. Uh, there's a few Auburn players who we feel will make excellent coaches. So yes, we're definitely we're definitely with you on that. Uh, well, yeah, man, we just we just appreciate everyone in the chat hollering, hollering with us, hanging out with us, talking Auburn football. Guys, how are y'all doing, man? Uh, it's Wednesday. It's all right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's long it's week. Warm, baby. It sounds like Monday for some of you guys. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Wednesday. Um, we are uh, hearing that uh, player meetings are going on this week. So the coaches are meeting with the players this week, I, I assume, to get feedback uh, from their spring performances. And, you know, I'm looking forward in the coming weeks uh, to hearing how things are fleshing out in terms of some of these races. So, um, you know, we're going to get a lot of speculation about death chart moving forward. Who's where on the death chart? Uh, so so this summer going into workouts, this is everybody's chance, man, to get that weight up one last time before the fall. Indeed. Once the fall gets here, it's got to be up. Your weight mm -hmm. has to be up and you need to be ready to throw down. Because Penn State is our third game of the season. Deep. Third game, guys. I've heard that. It gets real. It gets real. It gets <laughs> real after after week three. <laughs> so, in case you were wondering. And I'm, I'm, I'm real excited about the kids who are not yet on campus, them getting on the campus and getting acclimated and just seeing who who pushes who, man, if those kids are able to make some noise, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. Uh, as we get into the summer, man. So, yeah, man. Uh, should we get started? Let's do that. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's jump in. Well, 
Tomorrow is round one of the NFL draft. Of course, round two is on Friday, and then the subsequent rounds will be all day on Saturday. Um, So we have some Auburn guys who, of course, want to get drafted. We want them to get drafted. It makes Auburn look better when they do. Uh, Let's start with the first guy up, man. Uh, Y'all know who he is. One of our leading receivers from last year. uh, One of our more productive receivers in previous years. That would be... Seth Williams. Now, those are those are those of his numbers there um, from Pro Day. Actually, his when you look at and of course the, the article from AL.com showed his highest uh, projection is third round by Sporting News. Uh, the lowest round they had him going was fifth. That's by NFL.com and Pro Football Network. And according to ESPN's Todd McShay. He is rated as the number 165th overall prospect, which makes him the number 27th receiver, according to him. So he can rank, he can go anywhere from third to fifth. I've been seeing people make a lot of comments on where they think he may end up landing, but I want to bring it to our panel of guys and and hear from y'all based on what we've watched on film, seeing with him, where do you think, Seth Williams can potentially go based on his ability, based on what we've seen him do at Auburn. Ike Jones, what you got? Uh, I mean, I've always said that I thought he was going to be third, fourth round. Um, You know, I could even see him slipping into the fifth round. It just kind of depends on um, where the, so I don't know how many of you guys are super NFL fans out there in, um, in, in our fandom um, or, watch the draft. What you see happening is um, how guys move up and down in the draft is really dependent upon there starts to be a run on talent, right? So like you'll see a bunch of people in a certain position group start going and then people will be like, oh crap, is somebody going to snatch the guy I thought was going to be there in the fourth round, right? Mm -hmm. So if in the third round, you see a bunch of wide receivers start to come off the board, Seth Williams may come off the board a little bit earlier because somebody's going to want to jump up and make sure they can secure the guy they really want because Seth may be somebody who fits perfectly into that jump ball receiver, big body possession guy that they want. And if you see two or three of those go off the board, you're like, oh man, he's he was like our fourth best receiver on the board. So if I see four receivers go, then I'm going to jump on that opportunity. So I can see him going as early as the third round, um, but he's he's likely going to be a fourth or fifth round guy. If, if, if I were to give my estimations right now. B-Will, what you got, bro? I'd say fourth. Um, I think at the pro level, the, the more of the profiles I've seen, people are kind of giving him some slack because of the passing game in general, not being mm-hmm. up to snuff. And to me, that says, okay, they're going to give him a pass for some, some of his production woes. Um, a couple of them would be, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of like anything else we're talking about when it comes to football. One person is not the person to blame for everything. And that includes when you're not the person with the ball in your hand every play. You're counting on the guy with the ball in in his hand or your coach to make it easier for you to get the ball and get production. And that wasn't easy for him last year or really the year before that. So um, everybody has taken note of his ability to leap, um, his hands, um, but also his struggle to separate. He can out jump you and fight you. It's like he... He's going to make a better catch if you're on his hip than um, that's more likely than him actually running a crisp route and getting separated because he's not sudden enough or fast enough to just just depart from people. 
So um, he he's a mixed bag as far as uh, the different profiles. But at the same time, when you see somebody with that type of athleticism, height, um, strength, leaping ability, the NFL loves athleticism, man. That I, I don't see him staying past four. I had some questions about um, his attitude at times and his mm-hmm. effort at times, but I haven't seen those concerns come up in the in the profiles, which is cons- actually surprising. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "That's so." Were y'all watching us? Like, did y'all did y'all miss that? Because that was I mean, my biggest for worry for him. I mean, that's good for him. That's good, good for, for him. him. I don't yeah. want I don't want what went on here negatively to affect him. Because honestly, if I am a wide receiver, if I'm doing any job, no, forget football. If I'm doing any job and somebody else is making it very hard for me to do my job and making me look bad, I'm gonna be as pissed as he was on the sideline versus South Carolina. Guaranteed. Yeah. So I understand that. But I also know that the NFL players, uh, the, the scouts and the coaches, they look down on that stuff negatively. So they may say, look, we don't care what's going on, man. You might have, um, you know, the the you might. Who was it? What's this, the guy's name who was through all the picks for the, the Bills and like two stars? Peterman. Peterman might be your quarterback. What you going to do? You going to fight him? No, you're not. You're just going to go back to the sideline or get back on the field and run your next route and get missed. And uh, that's going to be it. So I'm, I'm, I am surprised that, that they didn't dock him for that. But I'm glad they didn't because he gets a chance to start over with some professionals and some people who um, I think will be holding the offense a lot more accountable um, for his sake. So fourth, I'm with Ike. I say fourth. Fourth, fourth is kind of like best and worst. I mean, worst, he could slide to sixth or seventh. But man, those measurables are very, very good. His measurables are too good to pass up on. So n- now I'm feeling like fourth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like fourth to be. Um... I'm 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 really feeling that way. And and we got before we get to, to Mike G, Mike G's got some some stats and some some info he would like to <laughs> to read out. But before I get to him, I think some of his information may address some of the comments I've seen. Shout out to Walt. We appreciate you, buddy. Um he didn't understand Seth leaving, thinking he actually could have benefited from another year staying at Auburn. Um, perhaps even moving up as high as the second round, which is a possibility. Yeah. Um, with that, Mike G, like, what what are your thoughts, man? What have you been seeing? What what kind of what what you got? What you got sitting over there? Some some stats you got? Well, uh, first of all, I can't. I disagree with Brian's assessment of Seth Williams strongly. Um, I I think that he is. Uh, he's got a. He's sitting here on a fourteen point five percent drop rate, which in this draft. Is not good. Uh, he's got some drops that he has to answer for. Now we talked about the mental part. I wonder with them not having a combine, did they if they went through the same sort of interviews they would have gone through? They did at the combine, they right? Did. Yeah, like you know, and, and how that process may have changed a little bit uh, because what we know is is that it's intense, right? They ask you a lot of questions. They dig into your personal life, and when they look at the film. You got to have answers, man. And we and we in our chop it ups, we've 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 looked at some of these drops, wide open game changing drops just weren't good. Uh, You know, he's got a 30 percent contested catch rate. That's low versus his peers, man, in this draft. So, like, you know, for me, I think fourth round, anything higher than fourth round, somebody's really seeing something that is not there currently, but could be. Right. I mean, anything higher than the than fourth round, you're drafting on potential. And uh, with the receivers that are available in this draft, I don't even really think you need to do that. So to me, he's a fifth or sixth rounder. Um, you know, he struggles to get separation down the field. Um, and, and again, with a 30 percent contested catch rate and 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 struggling to get separation, 
life in the NFL is going to be pretty hard for him. So, like, you know, he's got some measurables. He's got some athleticism. Um, now, I, I read, like, Pro Football Focus had an interesting write-up on 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 Seth, right? Uh, you know, they say he's a gifted leaper, and he makes some absurd catches. These are under his pros, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a special highlight reel, which, you know, uh, you know I think that that's, that stuff, again, checkmark. I'm not arguing that. Uh, defensive backs bounce off him. Uh, he generates yards after the catch. I, you know, I, I think that that's accurate as well, too. I've seen him drag receivers down the field. Now, will he be able to do that in the NFL? Well, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, but, but, you know, everybody is strong. It's, and if not stronger than what you faced in, in, in college. Um, the third point was that the, his production waned essentially because the QB left a ton of yards on the field for him with inaccurate throws. So they're pretty much just saying that his production could have been higher um, if he had just gotten, you know, ball placement had been better. Um, now, to be and, clear, to be clear, that's not you saying that, right? Yeah, this is pro football focus is right up, right? <laughs> okay. All uh, right. All and right. then he dropped nearly 15 pounds of bad weight from 2019 to 2020. Uh, and that, listen, that's that's hard for a football player. Yeah. That's hard for a football player, yeah. right? Dropping 15 pounds of bad weight, right? Um, uh, some of these guys do struggle to get their weight down and play at a lighter weight. And so, you know, when you're trying to drop weight and maintain muscle, uh, that could be very, very difficult. So, um, you know, a commitment to his strength and conditioning is going to look very good for him. Now, on the con side, um, they're saying he's neither sudden nor fast and struggles to separate down the field, which I absolutely agree with. Yeah. Um, his only answers for press coverage are with his upper body and strong, stronger corners ate him up. Uh, he lets defenders keep their hands on him way too much. Uh, and his physicality doesn't translate to the catch point. Uh, nine contested catches on 30 such targets in 2020. Right. So, you know, I, I just don't think, I mean, when you look at the pros versus the cons, I, you know, I think I, to me, he's, he's an average receiver in this draft. I think that he'll get drafted, but you know, I, I'm not seeing anything particularly special, right? Like, uh, and, and that's not meant to be a shot at Seth. You know, I, I think he did some good things here at Auburn. I, I disagree with anybody who says that he would have benefited from another year here. Though, no. I think it was time for him to go and get into uh, uh, an NFL-type strength and conditioning program. You know, there was no guarantee that he was going to get the ball enough, and you know, in this new system, and risk injury for another year. I just, I just don't think I don't think he would have benefited enough for, from from another year. I, and I, that goes for almost all our receivers. I I don't know if I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't at all, actually. Yeah. No. I, I think it would help him. I think it would help him because what he was what he would be ready to learn, the same way we've said we're glad that Tank is gonna get to be in this offense, is you're going to learn a system um um with not only pro style concepts where you're being held to a higher standard as far as blocking goes, because he was everything that he wasn't great at, he could have gotten better at. Now I don't think you couldn't that's skill wise. I don't think you're gonna get quick twitch ability if you don't have it you're not he's not going to get that magically out of nowhere and the same thing goes for um he's not going to come back running a four three five just because he stayed another year you know he's not going to get that but i think the difference is when you as you said he's he's got average draft stock what else could improve that draft stock but coming back to learn more being more mentally prepared to play the game at the next level and he could have gotten that if he had stayed now i agree with you always that if you're not going to improve your stock astronomically, 
don't risk another season of laying out for uh, a two wide pass and cracking your ribs because he did, did that like three times. And Canyon did that in a day. So, I mean, yeah. hey, you know what? So don't don't risk it here if you don't think the offense um, is going to. Well, without trying to sugarcoat it, if you don't think Bo Nix is going to put you in better situations as the guy who has the ball in his hands, then no, don't go. And that would have been that's that would again that would have been what I thought. I'm not going to put my my body at risk if I can't guarantee that the guy throwing the ball is going to help me make my job easier. And I don't think you could guarantee that, even with the change of coach. So I agree that he should have gone. But I still think he could have improved on a lot of things outside of flashy production if he had come back. Yeah, I just I'm here where I'm at is if he had come back a year, another year, I wouldn't have been upset about it. But I think he had more lose in the game by coming back. Right. I think all the receivers, I think all the receivers have more to lose in the game of coming back in the first year of a system where the offense arguably may regress in year one. No, 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 it won't regress. It won't be worse than what we saw last year. That's impossible. I mean, I think I think it's I think it's a risk to come back, uh, giving possible injury. Bo, we don't know if he actually makes the next step. I mean, it is a risk in that regard. Or if he's quarterback in the the season. Well, you know, who, who knows? But my thing is, is that there are some things that he could learn in this offense that he was not being taught. And and I think to B's point, it's almost a mixed bag. If you do come back, you do learn some things. But of course, these people want to see production out of you based on you getting the ball. And granted, they can judge you um, right. even in spite of that. But I, I, I think it's a mixed bag with him. It's a risk, but I think he does learn a few things. Yo, Seth is one of those in-between players for me, right? Like, he did some good. You know, he could have done better. Uh, he could be. I mean, I think you can make an argument that anybody could improve if they stayed. My my argument is about what the likelihood of him improving in this new system would have been. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't think personally that it would have been great enough because it's too much. that's not in his control. Right. I think yeah, you go now. I, I still I, I disagree with that completely. It's a it's a completely different route tree. It's a completely different system. That's pro style concepts. You have to learn how to play the position. And he has not learned how to play the position for three years. You look at Seth Williams as a freshman to Seth Williams as a junior. He's essentially the same player, a few pounds uh, lighter. His productivity dipped last year. Some of that's because the um, there were less games. Um, but being in a pro style system prepares you for the NFL much more. Him having the same skills with better knowledge of the game allows him to get drafted higher. It's a risk reward thing because you don't at the time when he made the decision, I was 100 percent on board with it because it did make a lot of sense. You didn't even know who the new coach was going to be. Um, so he went ahead and made the decision he needed to. His draft stock, absent of injury, absolutely would have been higher with another year in a better system, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the injury risk is 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 too much for a player of his measurables, though. Like you know, I mean, again, he gets injured, he's not going pro at all. In my book, if if he gets injured in his fourth year, he's not he's he's yeah he's not playing football at all. So you don't risk that. You go. I mean, again, you could say that for any player. I'm talking about. You said he does. He has nothing to gain. That's what I fundamentally disagree with. He absolutely has millions of dollars to gain initially on his rookie contract to be able to go. The difference between a fourth or fifth round contract and a second or third round contract is hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars over the life of that contract. Yeah, but That's the likelihood, but, but the likelihood that he would do that in the first year very of a new high, system, very low, very high, very no, low, that, very low again, in this system. Fundamentally disagree. 
That's yeah, just very that's, low. And this system yeah. with with this quarterback and, and, and what potentially after what we saw at a day, I don't I don't think so at all. You yeah. you you can't say that and say that we haven't developed wide receivers in the last couple of years and say he has the first opportunity he's ever had to get true development at the position and think that that's not something that's going to gain. Yeah, him if he had more than much. one year left. You don't need a ton of time to be able to learn how to play the position. As somebody who has his talent level, you don't need a ton of time. Yeah, if I disagree. Hard, I disagree. Do that. I disagree. He's gone. He agrees. All these receivers essentially were I, on the same he page is gone. about yes. it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's all the, all the receivers were on the same page about this, though, right? Like, I, I don't think none that can of be them knew who Coach Harson was when they right. left. That's yeah, not. I, yeah, that, well, well, I, well, I, well, I agree about Harson, but, but it made their decision easier to leave. Schwartz said that in an interview. Right. Schwartz said, listen, man, you know, with you know, in a new system, my decision to leave got a lot easier. Right. He so they all felt because the, same the way. coach got fired, not because Brian Harson was hired. That's there's still completely different things. Like that's a completely different thought and idea separate and apart from the concept of will he get a better chance to learn a pro system with this new coach? And will that improve his draft stock? Schwartz and them deciding to leave because the coach got fired and they're like, well, it's going to be like me starting over. That's a different thought altogether, whether or not this is a better situation for him as a receiver. It's a better situation for any receiver to be in this system. One year, two years, does it matter? Why would somebody who is draft eligible come down and want to play for Derek Mason on defense? And he's a, a, a DB. He could have gone to the draft, too. He has an opportunity to learn under a that's system. Not, yeah, on, on defense and offense, that's not the same thing. There's, there's, there's it, that, that's a false equivalent. is the same thing. Right, yeah, How because, is that yeah, because on the offensive side, you need somebody to throw you the ball. And you're talking about the mental and the learning. And I'm telling you, he can learn all that in, in many camps. He can pick a lot of that up in many camps. I'm talking about level. dollars for a draft position. I'm not talking about whether he can learn something. You can't earn new dollars in many camps. Oh, you can't That's earn any dollars if you get hurt either. So when you encompass all of it, the risk is just too great. He went. Yeah. Okay. He well, went. We disagree. That's fine. Right. Yeah. Seth Williams. Those, those are two. <laughs> those are two schools of thoughts. Yeah. Thought. Right. He could. He could have come back, increase his stock, or in some people's case, like Mike G, doesn't does not necessarily increase his stock either due through injury or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Two I schools think of thoughts. When you take, when you take the totality of it, right. When you take the totality of it, it's not hard to understand why he made the decision. Didn't right? say that either. You're right? making completely yeah. different points. Yeah, tonight. yeah, yeah. Right. But I'm I'm not saying that he gained nothing from coming back. What I was saying was is is that the pros no, that's, outweigh that's, the that's cons. Actually, in terms of saying that's the what, pros. That's out- actually exactly what you said. Okay, so then let me nothing. correct it. So then let me correct <laughs> it. The pros out out uh, do not outweigh the cons when it comes to coming back. So you go. That's how you make any decision in life. The pros don't outweigh the cons. Yeah. Okay. I said we disagree. That's fine. Like okay, I don't cool. know why you keep trying to make me agree with you. I just disagree. This cool. is fun. And with and with that, <laughs> good for let's move days. to the next wide receiver that we may disagree on. Well, we we may be all in agreement here. We'll we'll, we'll just see. Let's talk about Anthony. And we see a lot of you guys' questions uh, and comments. Listen, we got we got some people we want to talk about in depth. So if we don't get to your comments, forgive us. But we got a lot of we got some people to talk about. Because the draft does begin tomorrow. The next guy up is Anthony Schwartz. Mm. Those are his numbers. Now, according to ESPN, they actually have him with the highest rank uh, round projection at the second round. He could possibly go second round. Now, the lowest was fifth by both CBS Sports and Pro Football Focus. 
Now, according to ESPN's Todd McShay, he is rated as the number 70, 72nd overall prospect, which puts him at the number 11th wide receiver. And those are his numbers. Of course, he had a very impressive pro day at Auburn. So, guys, what are your thoughts about this guy? Talking about Flash here. He has, he has perhaps the widest window of any of the draft prospects as to where he could potentially land. But I, what, what say you? What, do you? what do you think Flash could potentially end up? And what, what, what does the ceiling look like for him? Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report. And you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there. Facts and all, the weekend tailgate, our player interview series, building rapport, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. I mean, I think a smart team takes him second or third round. Um, there, there are just things about so. The, the idea that Anthony Schwartz is just a speed guy, I think, is one of the most ridiculous things um, that has been perpetuated over and over and over again, even by Auburn fans. Um, but you can't coach being that fast. You just can't. Like, I don't I don't care how many times you go out there and run your 40. You will never be as fast as Anthony Schwartz is on a bad day. It's just not a thing. Right. And he runs his routes well. He understands his responsibilities on most plays. The only question that I have about Anthony Schwartz is durability. If he is able to stand up to the rigor of getting hit often, Anthony Schwartz is going to be a guy that when you put him on the field, he changes your offense completely just because of the threat of his speed. He doesn't even have to catch a single pass. You just need to know that the DBs have to respect the fact that if you turn your head, he's 40 yards down the field before you blink. Um, And so, a smart GM will look at his film and say, this guy can do some things in the way that he releases off the line, the way he stacks the DB when he gets into certain positions, the way he understands, even in a limited system, the way he understands what his role and responsibility is on a, a particular play. Um, again, the only question I have about him is durability, but second or third round is where I think he should be able to go um, and and do well. He's got good hands. He's just a natural catcher of the football Um yeah, I don't know. I, second or third round. B? Um, I say the same thing. Second or third. Um, um, the, the profiles that I've looked at have him. They're, they're grading him saying they saw the improvement um, year to year, even when he got hurt in year two, which was 2019. Um, he was, I don't want to say surprisingly sure-handed. One of the profiles I saw, they, they made note that he double-clutched some passes at times, which means he kind of has to, like, it takes him uh, to gather. Um, But that's not a terrible thing if you hold on to the ball, and he did hold on to the ball. He had less drops than than Seth Williams did. So, I don't don't really see too much downside. I I really feel bad for these guys that they weren't in an offense that could really showcase their talents. Like, that's reading their profiles, man. Looking, Looking at what we've seen from them from the last three years, it's just how did we not just go bananas on offense with these guys here, man? And I feel bad for them because we, we've probably cost them uh, a few million dollars and they're going to have to put in five years of hard work. Not that they wouldn't anyway, but man, they could be a few million richer going into yeah. the NFL. Then, then they're going to be now they're going to have to show it all after the fact, but you're on a four, two, seven. 
Listen, man, you're going to get something. He's he's not going to be wanting, that's for sure. I don't see him going past third round because 427, um, he hasn't been incredibly dogged by injuries. He's been, you know, he's had some, some nicks and bruises, but he's not injury prone, I would say. And he's too fast and sure-handed enough to make a difference immediately. Somebody who loves speed. Las Vegas, of course, Kansas City. Um, I'm trying to think of some other offenses that that value taking the top off. I can't think of any right now, but he's going to go. Everybody does. There, there's Everybody nobody does. who can't use a really fast receiver on their team. But also, people have struck out because they drafted guys who weren't really good receivers. They were just fast. Like, I think of John Ross. John right. Ross was just fast. And, and, and that's what everybody wants to make him out to be. Right. I just don't think that that's him. Yeah, I say, I say second or third. I say third at the absolute lowest. I would be surprised if he's still on the board in the fourth round. Um, I got. I think he's going to go mid to late third. Um, me personally, I think he'll go mid to late third. And, and and I agree with Ike. The question is with him is about his his durability. Um, and again, it's it's not a twelve game season. It's seven. It's sixteen, right? So you want a guy who's who's that's that speed ain't no good if he's on the sideline. So you you yeah. want to see if he can last. Uh, and and hopefully that changes at the next level. But Mike G, what you got, bro? You know, I think Schwartz is probably the most intriguing of of the uh, the guys on the draft board for Auburn, right? Like he, um, you know, when you look at depending on who you're talking to, as high as second, as low as sixth or seventh, right? Uh, Jonathan mentioned Pro Football Focus. I mean, they gave him a sixth round grade, um, but, but while saying some really really positive things about him. Um, so I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, you know, third or fourth round. Uh, you know, when you look at the guys uh, who are getting draft, who are first round picks, right? Um, they they all have like a certain, they all have certain measurables that you know Schwartz may not have. Now he is the fastest guy in this draft, and it's not even a debate, right? Like uh, he's the fastest receiver in this class, period, right? Um, but uh, for him to be the fastest, right, and and still the range of, of, of where people think, you know, I think it's going to depend a lot on who's on the board uh, because you've got, like, in the top 10, you've got who's sitting there. You've got Jamar Chase, you've got Devontae Smith, and you've got Jalen Waddle, right? Uh, Jalen Waddle has elite speed. Um, J- Jamar Chase is a complete receiver, um, although they do note in his draft profile that he benefited a lot from a lot of perfectly placed ball by balls by Joe Burrow. Um, Devonte Smith, kind of the same deal, right? Um, but you know, for for Schwartz, uh, I, I think Ike is right. I think that he is a better route runner than he got credit for. Um, I, you know, he was uh, he was definitely underutilized. Um, and if you are a an NFL GM, I'm just thinking you're looking at this guy and thinking if he can stay healthy and we can and he is can be a pure route runner, he's dangerous. I mean, he's a really dangerous guy in space with the ball. And we saw that when he got loose on speed sweeps. And, you know, I mean, if you got him the ball in space, he can make guys miss. He had more than just straight line speed, right? He could be, he took really good angles and could beat guys to the corner. Um, you know, but the, but the draft is a funny thing. So where I think he goes and where he'll actually go, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think that he's got second round talent. But I believe he's a fourth rounder in reality when I look at his peers in this draft. So, you know, they had an interesting write up. They say they say that he's the fat pro football focus says he's the fastest receiver in this class. 
Um, his one-step hesitation release works well. Uh, and he has agility to go with his speed, which is really good uh, for this guy. And they wrote this as a positive. It's a really strange comment, but they put they wrote hung out to drive by his QB. So many missed opportunities where Schwartz got open deep. And I think that that's really just kind of an excuse for if you're looking at his numbers and you're saying his production wasn't great. Here's why. But he did his job and got open. Yeah. Right. So so he was completely underutilized. Um, now, their cons, I don't know that I agree with their cons. They said that he's not a receiver, no feel for route running or ball skills. I completely disagree with that. Um, right. His speed zapped when you get hands on him. Not great at getting them off either. Uh, thin and no physical aspect to his game. Mm, you know, I can't really say I argue with that. And not really a tackle breaker, right? Gets yak uh, v- via forcing bad angles, which is a positive to me. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like so, I, I don't really <laughs> understand. Like, I don't those really those are manufactured negatives, though. Like yeah. he's okay. He's slim. So, yes, guys who are physical are going to push him around. But you could literally say that about any slim receiver. But the problem is, how easy is that to do? He's, right. he's fast enough and he has good enough get off at the line. It ain't e- like you you act like that's an easy thing to do right. for a guy that had like it's not even just his top end speed. Like right. he, he gets to his top end really quickly. Like if you look at his his splits on his on his run time, like he's just he's just fast, bro. Like so, like he's fast and quick. Yep. So well, ten point oh nine hundred meter, right? You have to get to your top end speed pretty quickly, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and for context, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. a hundred meter dash, right? Like how what's the what's the uh, what what does a hundred yards equate to in meters? Like if somebody can do the math on that, right? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, what I'm saying is he can almost run the length of a football field in less than 15 seconds. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's fast. And I agree. Like, nope, everybody's trying to get faster at the NFL. You know, look at Tyreek Hill. You know, you get a guy like Tyreek Hill and then you put him in a system that creates space for, for receivers to operate. And then you pair him with a quarterback that can get him the ball at almost any point on the field and he's dangerous now is Tyreek Hill still Tyreek Hill playing with Baker Mayfield right or, or you know, Thomas Sanders says that's 109.361 yards so in yeah. so 100 meters he could run the length of a football field in less than 12 seconds it's fast less man. Than 10, like that's crazy yeah he's yeah. fast and when you look at the deep balls where we did get hit him man he was gone yeah, he completely oh, yeah. smoked the defender like five, six no yards. Oh, uh, you know, so I just think there's there's room for that on a team. You know, you get him, you train him, you maybe put a little bit of weight on him, but you don't want to slow him down. Right. And, and that's the balance that you got getting bigger while also keeping speed is a challenge that, that, that you have to weigh in their strength and conditioning. All right. You still want him to be fast, but you want him to be durable because he's got to be able to take a hit. Right. right? And stay on the field. Now, when we talked to Devin, Devin talked about, hey, hey, listen, if you get drafted third round or higher, they expect you to, to contribute yeah, immediately yeah. or by he, year two. I think, I think he said by year two or three, they expect you to be a starter. A starter, right? Yeah. You know? And so um, I think that the durability question may come into play when they're evaluating him because if he is, if you're hurt, hurt guys don't play, they don't contribute. 
you know, and, you know, he played half a season with a club on his hand as a receiver here. Yeah. You know, he had some leg issues, right? You know, he didn't no catastrophic injuries, but he was hurt enough that it limited his production. And for a speed guy, that matters. Right. Right. So, like, I, you know, I, I think I'm I'm so intrigued by Anthony Schwartz. I actually think that he should be the first player off the board for Auburn. But Probably just depending. Maybe. Yeah. But, it's but between yeah. him and Sherwood, actually, the, from what I'm looking at the mocks. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to get to Sherwood, but like, uh, you know, I, 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 I hope and pray. My, my, my Christmas wish for Anthony Schwartz is is that he gets thirty deep ball catches for Christmas next year, right? Like, I just want to see him beating DBs and catching balls deep all year long, right? Like, you know, he he deserved that man. He he busted his ass getting behind receivers, and, and we failed to get him the ball a lot. Um, he should have left Auburn probably as one of the best receivers we ever had with the speed that he had, you know, and hopefully he goes to a team that knows how to utilize his talent because uh, the last thing I want to see is him go to a team, the blessing and him getting taken in the later rounds is he might actually go to a good system yeah. rather than getting taken by a bad team. I, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, uh, I talked a little bit about the millions of dollars that are traded off from round to round, you know, a uh, last pick in the first round and first pick in the second round, that's millions of dollars lost falling to the second round. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, honestly, you know, if he can, if he, if he outperforms his rookie contract, we see there are big dollars there for speed guys in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I'm high. I'm high on Schwartz. Hope he stays healthy, man. I mean, yeah. and, and that will, that will ensure that he can outperform that rookie deal and, and get more money and become uh, a respectable receiver. Um, so yeah, we've seen guys in the comments, who are, you know, we heard some people say first, we've, we've heard mixed rounds. Uh, again, I, we're thinking he's somewhere around anywhere between second and fourth uh, between the guys here. But again, we still want to hear from you guys before we, before we go to the, to the, to the break, uh, my G with everything. We want to ask you guys a question and posted by James here. Shout out to him. He's one of our subscribers. Does Schwartz have to be a good run route runner with all that speed? Just seeing him blow by guys, we just didn't have the QB to throw it to him. I mean, I think he does need to be a good route runner yeah, because absolutely. there are some fast guys in the NFL too. It's not he's not in college no more. This is the next level. But I want to hear from you guys. I mean, he's got Olympiad speed, so he doesn't have to be. But the better he gets at running routes, the longer he stays in the NFL, and the more that they're able to utilize him in different ways that aren't just go routes. He he's going to turn into the same thing he was at Auburn, which is a guy who's just getting tired running up and down the field over and over again because he's running clearing routes for people. Um, right. And a lot of those guys who have that Olympic type speed, that's what they end up being in the NFL because they never learned how to be. Really, what's most important for him is being able to get out of breaks quickly. Like he doesn't necessarily need to be a guy who's running like a bunch of variety of routes. He just needs to be able to run the comeback route really well. Mm-hmm. If he can get mm-hmm. to the top end of his speed, Get out of that break and then uh, be available. He'll catch a he'll 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 be open uh, unless they bracket him. He'll be open every play because the DB is already going to have to play so far off of him. Uh, if they try to bump him and he gets free, that's that's tail lights. If they're playing uh you know a, a loose coverage on him because they don't want to get blown by and he can threaten deep and then put the brakes on, he'll be wide open. So that's real. That's the the biggest thing he's going to have to learn how to do. Which they again. I fault the the way that we utilized him here. Um, 
He's just going to have to learn how to do that. If he can get out of the breaks cleanly, he'll be open 80% of the time. Just catch it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. The answer is yes. He needs to run, learn how to run routes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Seeing some guys. I mean, I'm seeing you mention two guys left that you've been mentioning heavy. We're going to talk about one of them, and that is Mr. Sherwood. Damien. Ah, Damien Sherwood. Now, those are, those are his measurables there. And according to CBS Sports, they gave him the highest rank uh, round that he was projected to go to is fourth round. Uh, the lowest is the sixth, according to The Athletic. According to ESPN's Todd McShay, he is rated the 187th overall prospect, making him the number 14th safety in this draft. Those are his numbers there. So, guys... What say you? I'll, I'll actually switch it up and start with B. Will first. Sherwood is. So what, what I like about Sherwood and, and Britt, I know we'll get to Britt, is that they have what seemed to be breeding on the defensive side of the ball as just a tenacity for hitting. Like they they like hitting. And it was really fun to see. Both of them, and in particular, Jerry Wood and Sherwood, and, and um, Ike always talked about him during the season, that he's going to talk to you, which yeah. is, is was one oh, of the greatest sure. things about him. I mean, I like, if you're going to perform, do you get the right to talk? That's always how I felt about it. I don't want to, oh, you know, that's sportsmanship. Oh, who cares about sportsmanship, man? Listen, this is a game. It's going to end when the time is off the clock. Have your fun. If you're not costing your team, if you're not getting penalties thrown on you, do a little chirping. A little chirping's cool. And, and he just had that, that salt in his game. Um, I didn't get a great impression just watching him um, when he was playing for us of exactly what type of player he was because he played reserve a lot. Like his first season and a half, he he wasn't the starter. And that was, that was, it's not that I didn't think he had the talent. That's why it was so surprising that he went after this year. I thought next year was going to be, that's the year you show. That's the year that, that you put... Everything on display. Um, so it was a surprise that he went. But going back and looking at the evaluations of him, they don't, they're not high on him in really any way, honestly. Like they're, they're like, oh, well, he, he talks well. Um, he likes to hit, which is the one pro that, that everybody brings up about. And that's the one um, good thing that everybody's consistent on. But like, listen, he's going to play some zone in the NFL. Uh, he'll be a nickel. And they're like, I don't, you know, he's he'll be fine. And that surprises me because I think a lot of coaches, they, they look at the measurables. His measurables are good, not great. There's nothing about him that jumps off the, the, the screen as far as measurables go. But if you just watch them play, man, like I want somebody who wants it that much. Like that means something to me when it comes to anything, especially something like football where you have to commit physically and mentally. The fact that he's so committed physically I like that. Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I like how he played. And that doesn't mean that others are going to be high on him. But what I do know is that there's going to be a defensive coach somewhere that goes, nah, I like I like that guy right there. It's not going to be because he's the, the rangiest guy or he has, he can cover the most ground. It's going to be because if I need him to cover this tight end that's coming out, that he's not going to be scared to go down there and take his legs out. And that's why I think he will get drafted. That's why I think he'll have a job. And barring injuries, well, he'll make it to a second contract too, because he's committed to 
playing the game completely, physically and mentally. A uh, comment here that I love, I, 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 Ike has alluded to it. Uh, I love this about it. Some people don't like this, but Sherwood is the same dude. I'm in your face. I'm going to talk trash. You're going to see me every play. Like, I just, I, I'm going to miss that for sure in our secondary because I just love that. That was almost the part that made me smile in games when we were down. Like, Sherwood's still in dude's face, like, and he, like, he don't pay attention to the scoreboard. So I love that. But I also see a lot of people's comments about where he could potentially project at the next level. And I'm hearing a lot of linebacker or outside linebacker. Uh, I, uh, I, what you, what, what say you, man? Um, do you, what do you think the possibilities are for Sherwood at the next level? Uh, I mean, he's a box safety right now. I mean, people are saying nickel just because they don't want him to be on the outside and they don't feel like he's rangy enough to be a safety. But like uh, guys who are coming downhill and who can help in the box against the run, um, like if they're going to put him in uh, in in special, he, he's going to make the league off of specialty packages. Right. So like when they want to go to, you know, a nickel or they want to go to a dime defense and they still want to be stout against the run and be multiple that's probably how he's going to make the league. He's a little too small to be a linebacker. Yeah. He's a tweener. He's and that's 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 really the the issue with a lot of uh people making pro projections is those people who are tweeners. Like somebody who's they're too small to be this, but they're too slow to be this and they're too this to be this and too and I just think that when you look at some like a, a Jabril Peppers is an example for somebody who they didn't know what to do with Jabril, but he became a guy who you can put him on the field and he can do a bunch of stuff. And so an inventive defensive coach is going to allow you to get into the game. And it's like, all right, cool. Now you have no idea what we're lined up in because, yeah, we got five DBs on the field, but this guy's actually a linebacker in this position and he's going to be able to do this. And then we're going to switch and drop him back on the next play. It allows you to be multiple. And I think that he's a guy who can who can do that for a team if he gets on the right team. Mm-hmm. He's likely going to start off doing a lot of special teams. Yeah. Um, and and getting in on sub packages, um, but definitely a box safety could could convert to. I, I've heard some you know people talk about he bulked up a little bit. Could convert to a linebacker, outside linebacker type of guy, um, but but that's where he's going to be. He's going to be a, a downhill box safety type. So okay, and I like I like this post by Damian uh, talking about Darren Bates. Uh, added some weight, ended up playing linebacker for several seasons. So. Just depends. Uh, He's going to have to put on like 15 to 20 pounds, though. And like, is he going to like he's already slow? Like, is he going to be able to stay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's slow for he's slow for a DB, right? He's fast for a linebacker. But, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Mike G, what you got, bro? Sherwood is a baller. Yeah. Just flat out, man. He just plays. I love it. I love his game. He 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 had 71 attempted tackles last season. and He only missed four. He doesn't miss. Right. Like, so if he's coming to tackle you, you're going down. I think there's a lot of value in that at the next level. So, uh, you know, that will get looked at. I mean, his, 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 uh, his, his form tackles, right? Like his, his, his tackle technique is something that's going to shine off the page to everybody evaluating him. So I said that Schwartz, you know, I thought Schwartz could be the first one off the board. But the truth is, is that Jamie Sherwood is probably the best all around player for Auburn in this draft, right? Um, Pro Football Focus has an interest. They gave him a third round grade. Um, they said that he uh, is, has the new age overhang linebacker skill set, uh, and he'll be perfect for a team with a defined box safety. Uh, to Ike's point about box safety, um, 
elite combo of size and explosiveness, lab created box safety traits, lights out tackler, no problem manning up on tight ends. Easy for him. He can flip his hips and run the seam. Smooth athlete. Right. My G, wasn't it you? I, we, we talked offline. Wasn't it him who had only four missed tackles? Yeah. Four missed tackles on 71 attempts. On yeah. 71 attempts. Yeah. So, I mean, he, I mean, he, he's just, I mean, he just balls, right? Like he, he has a, he isn't, he has a nose for the football. Whenever there was a tackle to be made, Jamie and Sherwood was around. For sure. Right. And it's something that I think it's, it, that instinctively some guys do that just, they know how to find the football. He's one of those guys who just knows how to find the football. And it's hard to teach somebody. You could teach people how to play in, be in position on a play. But some guys just know where the football is going to be. And you don't need to teach them that, right? So it doesn't even yeah. matter. Even if it's a bad play call, he's going to find the football. You know, uh, yeah, so I, and then when he gets there, he just doesn't miss. So, you know, going to a team that understands where to put him, because to Ike's point, right, he's kind of, he's slow for safety, but then fast for a linebacker. And, you know, you need to go to a team that knows what box to put him in. So he's either going to stay, play at the weight that he is and try to get faster, or he's going to put on weight, play a little slower, and, and move the linebacker, right? Um, but there's a lot there for uh, a team that knows what they're doing to work with, you know, uh, because he can just, he just has great technique, and, you know, you, you're going to be, you should be able to utilize his skill set effectively if you know what you're doing. My only hope, my only worry is that he goes to a team that just doesn't know what they're doing, right? You know, like I mean, that's I mean, that's that's the worry with every guy. Yeah, if he doesn't if he doesn't <laughs> ball at the next level, I blame whatever team took. Him. Thank you for listening to the War Report podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. Yeah, I, yeah, he, he's definitely, I mean, you could say that I think the only person who, you know, though I think Sherwood's probably the most well-rounded because he's that tweener type, and we're going to talk about another tweener here in just a minute. Um, the only person who absolutely translates to the next level, regardless of what team you're, you're going to put him on. This is going to surprise everybody that I'm going to say this is Seth Williams, because though he's not got, he doesn't, though he doesn't have really great separation skills. You can't re- like somebody who's a possession type receiver. You can put him in any offense. And if your quarterback is in trouble, you can just throw the ball up to him. Right. It's like, all right, great. I don't know what I'm doing, but for, for whatever we want to say about Bo Nix, Bo Nix knew that much. If I'm in trouble, just look for 18 out there. He got to be down there somewhere. Let me just throw it in his area code and <laughs> hope he can key. come down with it, which I think that kind of, you know, being able to do that and not drop a ton of those, he's got to work a little bit on the drops. But I think he's one of those guys where it's like you really can't miss with him. How many years he stays in the league will be determined by how well he learns the game at the position. But Sherwood is one of those guys. He goes to the right coach and he's in the right system. He's going to be a problem on Sundays consistently because his motor does not stop. Even if we're losing, I'm still going to come out here and I'm going to smack somebody the very next play. And I'm going to let them know that I smacked them the very next play. Yeah. 
There are there are two teams I think that fit really well for him. One is the Bills because following um, Carolina for as long as Cam was with them, I know McDermott. That's where uh, McDermott came from. He's the head coach of the Bills right now. They pulled a lot of guys from FCS from Group of Five teams. They are not. They were not the flashiest guys. They were not guys like what's his name, Josh Norman. Josh Norman didn't come from. It's like listen, they they Sean McDermott was looking for a certain type of guy. And that fire and that determination that Sherwood has was a big part of it. Also, knowing where to be consistently, sure tackling. It's like, listen, man, he, he, there are plenty of NFL coaches and, and defensive schemes that fit him. It's just that you have no idea what else those teams need and how the rest of the draft is going to shake out. So he could go as high as four, honestly. He could also go as low as undrafted and get a call right after that. So there's just no telling. Okay. I think you could sneak into the third round, honestly. Like, I, I definitely think Jamie and Sherwood could sneak into the third round if the team who, if they're looking for something specific in the type of box safety he is, he's the perfect fit. And yeah. he could definitely sneak in to be a third rounder. I, because he is that tweener, though, I, I would project him probably be fourth or fifth. But Fourth, he, that's where I got him. That's yeah. where I got him. Um, right before, before let's wrap him up uh, so we can get, get to the next guy. B, you had him at what round? Ah, shoot. I got him four. I got him four. You got him fourth? Yeah. What about you, Mike G? I got him three. I think. You got him three? I just, yeah, I just think he'll, he'll, somebody will take a chance on him before the fourth round. Hey, I hope you're right, man. I hope they all go as early as possible. Um, so we, we got two, four to four to fifths, a four and a three. So want to hear from you guys. We, we see some of y'all uh, pushing for some of your favorite squads to get them. We want to hear his name call for sure. And uh, we'll definitely miss this guy again, man. I'm gonna miss that trash talking, man. Uh, man warmed my heart. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but uh, the next guy we want to talk about on defense is Mr. Britt. Now he, according to all of the people who are projecting where he goes, he is actually projected very late. He's he's projected as a seventh rounder. Um, no one projected him higher than a seventh rounder. Um, he is rated, uh, according to ESPN's Todd McShay, as the 131st overall prospect, being him the number 11th inside linebacker. That is KJ Britt. Um, now we know he had a very very slow forty at pro, at pro day, but. Just want to know your thoughts. I'll start with Mike G. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could maybe not get drafted. <laughs> like, I mean, I think that he'll he'll make somebody seen at some point yeah. next year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have a ton here. Listen, man, he's got a good he's got good measurables in terms of build and physical stature, right? You know, six foot, you know, six, six foot, 243. Um, you know, uh, he just, you know, I, I don't think we ever, I don't think we got the most out of him at Auburn. You know, I'm unclear on whether that was on him or coaching, uh, but he'll get a chance to prove that he can make somebody squad at the next level. Right. Like, I, would have, um, I would have liked to have seen him in this defense under Mason. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, yeah. I would have liked to see. I mean, listen. Uh, they wrote his cons up as agility lacking, little versatility, can get stuck guarding a slot receiver, stiff hipped, uh, limited coverage responsibilities in the last defense. Right? 
Um, and, uh, you know, he played only two games in 2020 after injuring his thumb. So, uh, you know, last year, what did we see, really, of KJ Britt? So, this will be interesting, man, to see how, again, you know, I'm always fascinated by the evaluation process in the NFL where, you know, it's the better teams can look at a guy and say, Nobody, you know, like I think some of some of the best picks in the NFL are made after the second round. I think that's when it gets real. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson was a third round pick. You know, somebody had to look at him. Uh, A lot of teams thought he was too short to play quarterback, you know, and he proved a lot of people wrong. You know, uh, they said a lot of people said the same thing about Drew Brees. I mean, just how people evaluate, like how they look at these guys is so drastically different from team to team. You know, so I'll be interested to see who looks at KJ Britt and says, you know, uh, he didn't get we we don't have a lot of tape on him from last year. But, you know, he measures up and I really think a lot of these guys suffer from not having uh, a, a regular combine. You know, pro day is not the same. It's just not right. Having a, a souped up pro day w- was just not the same. I mean, does Anthony's Schwartz's forty time feels differently at pro day than it would have at the combine? Right, the impact of the time he ran was just not the same. Right, and so like right. he didn't get a chance to get out there and prove that on that on on, on that stage. Uh, so uh, my eyes will be on this one. I mean, because behind him, who else do we have? Like Stove, there was Stove who is, I don't think, will get drafted. And then uh, what was the, the guy, the safety? Uh, Peters. 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 Right, yeah, that um, is coming out. I think he had a year of eligibility left, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, all of them did technically because of yeah. the COVID year. But. Yeah, but decided to, you know, to, to go. Um, so, you know, with Britt, you know, hopefully somebody gives them a chance. You know, I, I just think whenever, you know, these guys are gone, you hope that they succeed because listen, man, it's, 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 you know, describe, you know, becoming a, the road to becoming a professional football player is like hitting the lottery for a lot of these kids, man. Right. Like, you know, if you are in high school, they, you may have one pro prospect at, on average at high school that I'm sorry, D one prospect at each high school. In a year, on average, one one guy who can play at the D1 level. And when you get to the NFL, it's the best of all those one guys at those high schools that mm-hmm. made it to the next, that overcame everything to make it to the next level, right? So uh, this really, for him, it's going to be about, uh, he, needs to imp- he needed to impress in his interviews. He needed to do a lot of other things. He needs to be, he needed to win people over, man, because it's, it, it's not going to be about his tape. Right. Right. It's going to be about his measurables and his bench press and his, you know, and everything else. All his other other tangibles, you know, other than Tate, you know, only playing two games in 2020. Just my thoughts on him. B. Britt's got he's he's got that imprint that that Travis left on him and on Deshaun Davis, to be fair, which is I mean. Deshaun Davis was even a little smaller than Britt, which is why he didn't stick in the league too, too, too long. But um, I like Britt. I think he did a lot for himself going to the senior bowl and the practices he had. He was actually voted the best linebacker there by the offensive linemen and the opposing team running backs. 
Like, hey, man, we didn't want to see this guy. <laughs> so that's, I think that speaks well. That's that's kind of an interview right there. The Senior Bowl is is a good way to get looked at because that's that's an NFL team. Yeah. Automatically. And that's some more tape you could put out there. He missed the whole season. He was hurt. Um, I, I don't think... I don't think he he was out of place in our offense, uh, excuse me, in our defense. I think the the bad thing for him was that he's playing linebacker about 20 years later than he should have been because he could have been like, I don't know, he could have been like an all-time great middle linebacker in the NFL. I'm not all-time great. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he had everything that you need to stop that three yards in the cloud of dust offense that was still going on 20 years ago. For sure. Sure. He has that. And, and he's a run stopper. He's a run stopper. That's how he plays. He he doesn't care. He's not thinking about his, his safety or he's not thinking about his neck. He's trying to take somebody's head off. And that doesn't have the same value when offenses can spread you out like they currently are doing. Um, and, and I love what he did for us, but I remember very vividly that Florida game at Florida, 2019. It's like, hey, man, it's like they... That was the first time I think we had been coasting for a little while. And we as a team, we were like, all right, are we good? We think we're good because we had beat up on like Mississippi State or something. And we, the offense actually looked really good. And then we went down there and the defense held up for a while. But a before they now. gave out completely, Dan Mullen stole a couple and he stole them on KJ Britt. He knew who to put in space. He knew how to put him in space. That that right there was the first time I was like, oh, Dan Mullen is who everybody's still talking like Gus Malzahn is. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the guy who has the scheme and the know-how to manipulate the defense. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. Um, and I, I was like, how did he know? Huh. It was like a, a 70-something yard touchdown play. It was a long touchdown. I was like, how did he? And then, so, even though everybody hates Danielson, Danielson you know, went over with the teleprompter. I was like, huh, that was really good. That So somebody watched their film and saw exactly what the draft uh, profile says, which is stiff in the hips. It's going to struggle in space. And they got him. And right now, if you're going to be seeing any anybody, if you're going to be seeing anybody that has a decent quarterback, listen, man, it's going to be hard for you to make a living out there. Maybe somebody, I mean, you might still play the Cleveland Browns. They want to run the ball all day. Cool. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, even though Shanahan is not going to be that deliberate about it. I don't know, man. It's, it's tough. Even even when the run is predictable, NFL teams are doing a lot better job of not being so traditional. And I think that's why he could slide really late. And, that, and that's why. It's not because he doesn't have value as a player, sure. as a leader. Um, I, I, he he has the mentals, but man, you got to, you can't, you can't teach agility. And you right. can't teach speed. And, and so that's let, what's holding him back. So let me interject something that pro football focus wrote on him that I thought was funny, uh, kind of going along with what you said. He said, Britt is about 20 years too late. <laughs> he's an early I didn't down, even read that. <laughs> he's an early down player, only a <laughs> linebacker, which is hardly a role for most anymore. That's kind of what they wrote about him. So yeah. I can't say that I necessarily disagree with that either. So, I mean, he's got to, he's going to have to evolve. Yeah, that's what I'm reading there. I mean, he's going to have to evolve if he wants to find a role at the next level. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, I mean, everybody's already said kind of what I feel about him. Um, he's going to make somebody's team where he gets drafted. His draft stock's just going to be hurt, honestly, because he is. 
kind of one dimensional, right? Like he's he's here, here's the thing that is frustrating about him um, from a an evaluation standpoint is that he's smart. So he's always in place. Right. right. Like on the plays that we talked about in that Florida game where he got exposed for like having the stiff hips, not being he wasn't far away from the receiver. Right. That he got burnt by. He was in his hip pocket. Right. But he's mm-hmm. just a step too slow to be able to cover anybody in small like in, in as a linebacker in in those situations. When you're, you know, the middle linebacker in, in on a dime package, you're going to be the guy who's going to be covering somebody in the slot. Right. Uh, a little quick slot receiver, a tight end that's going to, and so that guy can, t- it's really his responsibility. It's just to turn and get off you really quickly. If you put him in a one-on-one situation where you're making Britt have to do that sort of thing, he's going to, bur- he's going to get burnt. Um, but again, smart defensive coaches realize I can't put this guy in those situations. So we need to do da da da. But smart offensive mind realizes, all right, well, they, they switched him over here. Let's flip the play and we're going to do that, right? So you, he's got to learn that sort of thing. But you just can't replace, number one, somebody who is that type of leader. Number two, somebody who you know, I, if I catch you slipping, though, <laughs> it's a wrap for you, right? Like, yeah. I'm coming downhill on your running back. If I catch him in the hole, he is he is going to be trying to pick himself up off the, off the uh, grass for a minute. You you let me get a little depth and I get to come down on a guy who stopped in front of me in the zone. I'm laying that dude out, too. Right. And so, like, you can't replace that. Like, I don't think he's like super slow. He's just not twitchy. Right. Like, and so you find the right person that puts him in the right type of situation. He's going to be good. But for all of those reasons, sixth round is the highest I see him going. Honestly, if he gets above the sixth round, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we think, guys? I, I I said it no better than six at best, right? What's what's worst case? I mean, worst case is undrafted free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Or 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 not even that, right? Like, I mean, I don't know, dude. He's he's got some, you know, he needs he needed to be good all around. There's these some guys who, you know, you see in the draft and you're like, he's trouble, but man, his physical gifts are too are worth the 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 headache, right? Right. That's not where Britt is at, right? He needed to be impressive at the again at the intangibles as well, too. Um, you know, he needs to be a good guy, right? Uh, you know, he needs to be a hard worker. Um, he needs to just show teams that listen, you know, uh um that I may be, you know, outmanned in some areas, but I won't be outworked. And that's where we've seen guys consistently make names for themselves at the next level, right? He just has to work harder uh, because the guy the, with the natural talent is always going to get the they, they th- those guys get the first opportunity, you know. And, and when yeah. you look in this draft, I mean, listen, you look at that top 25, there are some guys who weren't the most physically gifted, but they outworked everybody to sure. be in the top 10. Right. Sure. Like or top 25 or first round uh, grade. They just outworked everybody. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, some guys benefit from their system, you know, um, my overall take about this draft is, is that, you know, damn it is all Auburn needs to start holding up their end of the bargain for these kids, right? We have to start providing more opportunities for these guys to get taken higher. We just do, Mm -hmm. we have to do better. 
Yeah. And if yeah. you're watching this and you think that we have done a good job of this, you're wrong. I disrespectfully disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's hard, like, because with, with a lot of these guys on defense, right, like, they look worse on tape sometimes because they're exhausted by the fourth quarter. By the fourth and quarter. And, yeah. and they're putting bad tape out there, right? But as right. a defensive guy, if they were able to stay on fresh legs the entirety of the game, I think you see them finish stronger. Um, mm-hmm. And then, right. you know, on the offensive right. side of the ball, because our productivity had been so poor and the type of offense they were running doesn't translate well to the NFL, you don't see a lot of guys get looks outside of maybe some offensive linemen occasionally, which we haven't drafted well. I mean, excuse me, haven't um, we haven't done a good job of getting those guys in the last couple of years. And then maybe running back because we're going to lean so heavily on the running back to kind of be the catalyst for our offense. Right. But if you're a, uh, you know, if you're a tight end, a white, like uh, what's the uh, Sal Canella, right? Sal Canella is yeah. a perfect example of somebody. Right. He came back and wanted to, he's still trying to get drafted this year. Mm-hmm. He's got all the stuff that people talk about with these prototypical new tight ends. He's got the body. He's got the speed. He's got the, he got all the stuff. Didn't get drafted. You know why? He caught like five balls at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Right. Never threw him the ball. And he's a and red he was, zone and he, monster. And he was impressive when he yeah. got the ball thrown to him, but never There's got the ball. There's literally no reason why Sal Canella couldn't have been playing on Sundays if he had been able to put the right film on out there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if you watch A-Day, <laughs> listen, man, he came to Auburn. He was born a few years too too late, right? Because uh, if, if we're to believe what we saw on the A-Day tape, tight ends are going to get the ball this year. Yeah, man. Right. And I mean, there were some guys who came through that I was glad that, you know, like CJ Uzuma was another one. Yeah. He, 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 he made it, but he had to overcome a lot based on the system that he played in because he rarely got the ball and he had to take advantage of what really were a handful of opportunities to show that he had any yeah. acumen to play at the next level. Right. right. So, I mean, uh, uh, like I said, man, it's just time for us to start holding up our end of the bargain, man. I, I hope that's what Harson is bringing. I hope that this draft class is a stark reminder of why we've fallen behind in the SEC arms race somewhat. I mean, look at the top 25. I, everybody hates when I talk about it, but I, I just think, you know, you got to face reality, man. The school up the road has like five guys in that 25. And the first round. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 two receivers. One of them won a Heisman. The other is the quarterback that was throwing him, throwing it to him. One guy who was hurt half the season and still going in the first round. Right. And Waddle. Right. Good God, man. Like, we just got to start doing better. Yeah. And, 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 and this is, you know, when we're talking about draft, we, we can't talk about the NFL draft without talking about its effect on our recruiting for the next year. Yeah. Are we putting guys in the NFL? Right. The answer is sometimes. <laughs> right. And the sometimes that we do it. And, and the unfortunate reality is we see those guys had talent. Right. Yeah. Like you're seeing guys go to the NFL and they're playing long careers and they're flourishing in those careers. Mm-hmm. But did you see that same productivity at Auburn? Right. No. No. Well, it was to me, it was a byproduct of having great recruiting classes. You recruited some stellar athletes who athleted themselves into the next level right. for the mm-hmm. most part. Yep. It's not because those guys developed to get to the next level. Right. right. So I actually looked back and saw a lot of pro like Malzahn sent a lot of guys to the NFL, but he also averaged what? 
almost in the top, what was it, top 10 since he's been yeah. an Auburn as head coach? Like, yeah, I think the lowest he was like 11th or something like that. Which is somebody ought to get to the league out of that talent you're recruiting. But how much higher could these kids have gone? Right. So my thing is, is like with the, with the guys we have on staff, you have Derek Mason, you got Eason, you got guys who've coached at the next level. Hopefully these are guys who know what it takes to be successful at the next level and can teach these guys what they need to know to reach their goals. Right. And so I'm hoping with this coaching staff, like, and again, it's impressive to see what Harson has done at Boise with the number of players that he's been able to send to the yes. NFL. So I mm-hmm. am hoping Two's that that trend starts at Auburn. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we're able to develop some kids, even some kids who have flo- flown under the radar who become studs. We saw that in the Tuberville. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a new day at Auburn where we're not talking about a kid who has fourth, third, second round talent potentially becoming a, a free agent, yeah. right? Like right. that needs but, to change. Listen, Coach Coach Harson, if for some reason you're listening to this, help us out, bro. Toss us a line, right? Like do better for these kids because yeah. you're making $5 million a year, right? Yeah. And some of these kids are trying to elevate their families out of poverty. Do your job. Right. You know, that's 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 a message, not just for Harson, but for any coach. Do your job, man. Like you yeah. got I mean, a college football coach. You know, I picked the wrong profession, man. You could do a bad job, get fired and get twenty one million dollars. <laughs> Would never have to work again yeah. in your life. Right. right. Man. You, mm-hmm. you know, and live off the interest. I mean, that's not an opportunity that most people have. And, and, and you know, when, when you hear the stories of these guys who come out of who against all odds made it to just to even make it to college. Right. Just to make it to college. And some of them only because of their God given talent. Give these guys a chance. Your number yeah. one job is to be a developer of men. Help turn these boys into men and just give them a shot, man. And if they don't get to play at the next level, hopefully they will go pro at something other than sports. Right. 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 Give them that chance too. graduate your players, (laughs) graduate your players, you know, because if I mean, listen, only a small percentage of them are even going to get the chance to play at the next level. But, you know, like we interviewed Carl Stewart. He's a lawyer. He just passed his bar exam. You know, Devin is an investment maker, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, we've had some smart and talented guys that have come through here and they benefited from a system that gave them a chance not only to play football, but to succeed beyond that. Yeah. You know, Ronnie Brown's doing well. Jason Campbell is in the media. Like, I mean, these guys, had, you know, found things other than football to be successful at. Cadillac's mm-hmm. back coaching, now being a shaper of minds. Caddy, yeah. give these guys the same chance you got. Yeah. You know, I, and, and that's what sucks when I look at this, this, this draft. I'm just like, man, you know, in a different system, does Stove get more looks? And are we talking about him on this list? Maybe, right. maybe not. You know, because yeah. there is a, a measure of that that's within their control. Yeah. They and still injuries. have to put in the work. Injuries are still yeah. going to be the, the great equalizer all the time. Yeah. 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 You know, but I mean, uh, outside of the things that are outside of their control. 
you know, which is a lot of things that the coach controls. Give these guys a shot, man. Give them a shot. Don't play favorites. Yeah. Give the job to the hardest working guy. Give the guy, give the job to the guy who shows up. Does what he's supposed to do. Goes to class, stays out of trouble. Bust ass for his teammates. That's what we need to see more of. You know, yeah. but but all, I mean, I, what I hope is gone is all the favoritism. Now, I'm not claiming to know that it was or wasn't happening, but it damn sure seemed like it. You know, I don't think I don't think the best guy always made the field. And this year, what I hope to see is, is that maybe there are some surprise names nobody heard about. That turn into SEC stars because the hardest working guy is going to win the day and then get his chance at his NFL dream and not miss that because he was buried on the depth chart behind some knucklehead who, who squandered his shot. Yeah. You know, this is, it's, we just have to do better, man. Listen, what Saban is selling up the road is real easy. Come to Alabama and go to the NFL. He doesn't even have to promise guys that he's, they're going to start. He didn't need to. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he, he's promising competition. That's clear. If you go there, you're going to have to be the best because he's always going to play the best. He's proven that. And I can guarantee you, if you come here and you play, you're the best because that's all we play. We need to start some of that. So this draft, man, it kind of set me off. I'm looking at it and I'm just like, man, I'm looking at two names well, three names. This should be first and second round picks. Seth Williams should have been all SEC, man. There's no way we should be talking about him potentially in the sixth round. Despite whatever I feel about, you know, uh, 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 his shortcomings, he had the potential to be a first or second round. But what he yeah. lacked were the opportunities to, and the leadership to show that. Same with Schwartz, man. Elite speed. How can you be the fastest guy in the country and get an at-best third-round grade? What? Come on, man. Sherwood, right? Second-rounder, easy. Britt, come on, middle-rounder. We got to start doing better for kids. So, I mean, I'm just like, I didn't mean to get on a soapbox about it, but I'm just like, man, I hope Harson changes the culture. Blow this up. Whatever it was that we were watching before, blow it up. Start this thing over, man. And get this program on the right track. We deserve that as fans. We got over 100 people here on a Wednesday night in the offseason talking about it. Because we all give a damn. If we didn't, you wouldn't be making $5 million a year. So throw mm-hmm. us a bone back, man, and just develop. We don't need championships in year one. That's not what I'm asking for. Give us a shot. Stop losing to our rivals. Right? Beat LSU at LSU. One and three, maybe. Every once in a while. I know it's a hard place to go play. Yeah. Catch up to Alabama some. Some. Right. And start competing and win back the damn state. 
I am so sick of the best players in our state being automatics for Alabama. There was a time where it was, I mean, listen, man, uh, do you, does anybody remember the battle over Carrion Johnson? Mm-hmm. In state, man, there was a time when we were winning the players in state. He turned out to be a pretty good player for us. We're in one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. Win it. Win half of it. But just giving all the players the saving doesn't work. So you start with putting a better product on the field. And next year when we're sitting here talking about this draft, we're talking about guys who made the most of their opportunity because the coach gave them a chance. Schwartz deserved a chance, man. Seth Williams deserved better leadership. And for the guys that are still left, they deserve the same. So -hmm. we're talking about more of them in this conversation next year. Bo deserves a chance. He was not going to get it from Gus. I hope that he gets it from Harson. Right? Everybody behind him deserves a chance. Tank is good. He's that dude. He's going to make it. But still, man, don't make it hard on him. You know, give these guys a chance to, to, to live their dreams out because you're living yours. I'm done. Well, the doors mm. of the War Report <laughs> show are open. Oh, May the Lord man. watch between me and thee while we're <laughs> absent one from another. Yikes. Please share this on social media. If you're Facebook, share it there. If you're on Twitter, please add us at The War Report. Hashtag TWR War Room and hashtag Get Your Weight Up. You can also use those hashtags on Facebook if you're on that platform. Be sure, as always, to like and subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already, guys. Again, I already gave it at The War Report on Twitter as well as IG. We are TW Report on TikTok. We're signing off, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.